Hi, everyone. Welcome back to yet another episode of the Audacity Academy. I am your host, as always, Sarah Falciani, here with another amazing, beautiful soul to interview, to talk to you today about people pleasing and boundaries. I am here today with Tanya Figueroa, who is originally from Chile. And she is a life coach who specializes in working with individuals from multicultural backgrounds or specifically immigrants. And I just cannot wait. Oh, we were just before I hit the record button. We were like giggly and bubbly and just energetically charged with everything that we want to bring to you today because we both are so passionate about this topic. So Tanya, please share a little bit about your background, your story, and the floor is yours. Thank you, Sarah. First of all, thank you very much for the invitation. I think I love your podcast and I was reading about you, what you are doing. It's amazing, really inspire me. And also like this topic is really important uh, for me as an immigrant and, you know, live in a country and also live in a multicultural setting. Mm -hmm. My husband is from here. So my friends are all mixed. So it's a very... It's a very important topic. (laughs) And thank you so much for being here today (laughs) and sharing your experiences with it. It is just so important to bring different perspectives because we're all like, I can talk. I say this all the time. I can talk all day long about people pleasing and boundaries, but that's my perspective. I grew up homeschooled on a farm in New Jersey. And then of course I've lived, but that is what I can share on this topic. It is so important to be sharing my podcast and talking to guests from so many different backgrounds and sharing their experiences. It really is. So thank you so much for being here. Well, telling you a little bit about uh, myself, I moved here, I don't know, um, 15, 18 years ago from Chile. And um, I came with a background in advertising and also I was, you know, teaching Spanish, doing marketing. And in between that, I also study photography, I'm kind of artist, performance. And finally, (laughs) I decided to do a master's degree in consciousness and transformative studies. So that was the piece for me that I put all the others, you know, careers and certifications and everything together Mm -hmm. when I say like, okay, what do I want to do? You know, how basically how can I serve the world? Mm-hmm. you know and life coach was always there until like last year and a half when COVID hit all of us and I lost my job and I feel like oh wow this is the right time so I launched my business and everything has been like very interesting at the same time very like you know a little bit scary, a little bit uneasy, like, but at the same time, it's like, okay, I'm in the place where I want to be. And it's amazing. And I could, I have the opportunity to meet people like you. (laughs) I love that. Yeah. You got to listen to those intuitive nudges, start the business when you want to start the business, move when you want to move, you know, follow those intuitive guidance because you never know where it's going to lead you. And here you are having a conversation with me today. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, part of my uh, life coaching is also with multicultural people, immigrant, and also it's about like to enjoy your journey. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people are looking for um, coaches in order to, you know, 
reach their goals or what they want to do, but which is very important. But for me, like the big piece is like, you need to enjoy what you're doing. Absolutely. You know, doesn't matter. At the end of the day, I'm not really sure if the goal is the most important part because after that goal, you for sure, you are going to have another one. Mm-hmm. But the experience and the way that you are, you know, like growing and connect with yourself during this process, I think that is the most important part. Mm-hmm. And be happy with your choices as mm-hmm. well. Really owning those choices because at the end of the day, you make a choice, you make a choice. You can't, it's not like we can't go back as much as we wish we could rewrite history. We really can't. So even yeah. if it may not be the quote unquote best choice, it is the choice that we made. So yes, I love that. I love that you integrate that. Yeah. So, and well, boundaries for me is like, I didn't know. I mean, boundaries in Chile was about no. Mm-hmm. Whatever you say is like, someone was like, no, you cannot do that. And that was a boundary. Mm-hmm. And it was very, I mean, that was the way that I grew up, right? It sounds As a very kid, black like, and white. Like, yes. Yes. No. It was like, no, you cannot do that because... I don't know, even because it's, it's something, when I was uh, taking a couple of notes for this program, I was thinking about like one of the ideas of boundaries that my parent had was about like, no, because this is my house. Mm-hmm. And that was really, really intense. And um, well, learning more about boundaries and the feeling and what the meaning behind I was like, wow, that was not a boundary at all. Mm-hmm. You know, that was coming from a completely different place. Mm-hmm. And, and to kind of like understand again, also the meaning, the personal meaning of boundaries. Because I feel like it's very important to feel like, what does that mean for you? Yep, Exactly love that you said that. I love, love, love that you said that. So at what point did you, did it really hit home for you that that wasn't a boundary and that there's a different definition and it was time for you to kind of redefine it for yourself? Was there a specific moment in time or was it a gradual realization? Um, It was a gradual realization, but at the same time, it was, it was a moment that I understood that the, the moment that I left my house, that boundary was over. Mm-hmm. That you know, boundary was oh, over. Right. Yeah. Right. And and then I realized that there were no boundaries here. Mm-hmm. I can go go back to my house and say whatever my parent didn't want me to tell them. And they couldn't say like, okay, this is my house. You have to, you know. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I don't live here, so yeah. I can say whatever I want. Uh-huh. Um, so I realized that it wasn't a boundary and mm-hmm. I think it's like, as a word, as a concept, I learned that here mm-hmm. and it was, um, very connected with my emotions, mm-hmm. you know, when, when I was able to really feel and tell myself like, you know what? This situation that is happening here, I don't feel 
is the right situation for me. And I feel like when I started to be honest with my feelings Mm -hmm. and my decisions, you know, like that was the moment that I really realized, okay, this is a boundary, Mm -hmm. you know, like if, I don't know, if I don't like, I don't know, if someone was acting in a way that it was not my thing, Mm -hmm. usually I was like, I'm being removing myself from the situation. Yes. You know, mm-hmm. I don't, usually I don't say so much. It's like, you know what? I'm done. I'm leaving. Yeah. This is no for me. Yeah. So your you personal, know? your personal boundaries are, was more about creating space, like completely removing yourself. Are you comfortable yeah. verbalizing boundaries now? Like yeah. you eventually learn that you can, you're, you can say something, you can disagree. When did that start happening? So I, I don't know, for example, like uh, in my relationship, mm-hmm. you know, like I think I learned a lot <laughs> um, in the relationship about boundaries. One of the important, for example, one of the good boundaries that I think we have is like, it's like there are certain words if we are in an argument and there are certain words if one of us say something like, you always do that. Mm-hmm. That for me is like this conversation is over. Over, uh huh. Never use defense. Never, always. Mm-mm. Yes, and mm-hmm. it's very clear for me and my husband now that we are not in the right place. We can't keep talking about. You so know, how do you interrupt an argument once one of those u- words get gets used? How do you interrupt the conversation and say, er, "Nope." we're not in the right place how do we come back to it like exactly like that like you know this word uh, well before that you have to have an agreement when you are not having an argument Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know like and for both of us like if any of this word shows up it's like no we are this is over and one of us is gonna say you know this is over Mm -hmm. And it's very clear in our relationship. So we both like, okay, bye. Yeah. Were you always in agreement or in the, on the same page with that level of communication, like interrupting the argument if one of those words came up or did you have to work to get to that point? We had to work. Um, therapist and also like... Um, Nonviolent communication book was a key for Ooh. both of us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, we don't, this is so funny. We don't say bad words in, to each other uh-huh. <laughs> because I don't say a lot of bad words in English. Uh-huh. I say a lot in Spanish. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. That's good. I mean, I know, I know a couple of couples where I cuss like I cuss like crazy. I say tons of bad words in English and and in other languages that I'm from when I'm familiar with a bad word it usually comes out of Sarah's mouth at some point I do not regulate my language very well but um I it is really important to be conscious of them in arguments because there's a different energy behind your words when you're fighting or in that more aggressive so 
you can drop an F-bomb when you're telling a story and communicating and you're lighthearted and it's energetic, but then when you say it to someone, it's point and it can, it does damage. It does damage. It does. It does. Yeah, it does. So I think as, um, well, because of that, we don't say bad words. So the nonviolent communication was related to a wave of talking, mm-hmm. you know, and the way of like, because sometimes we feel like there's no violence to say you always, whatever, mm-hmm. right? But it's a way that it can affect the other person. Yes. And the way that it can be violent. Mm-hmm. It's very interesting. And I love the book. Well, that book also like allow us to be on the same page mm-hmm. because I'll always, I was always say like, thanks to my husband. Well, you know, the meaning of the words, you know, you can't say just a word and that's it. Mm-hmm. There's a meaning behind and yeah. it's complicated when it's, when one of us, <laughs> you know, for me, it's complicated because I'm very by the book because mm-hmm. English is not my first language. Not your first language, right. You know, mm-hmm. so, and then after he read the book, he said like, now I understand mm-hmm. what you want to say. What do you, you know, like now I have a big, a bigger picture. So after that, it was very easy for us to create boundaries and mutual agreement. Mm-hmm. And also I feel like for me, boundaries also, they come from love. Mm-hmm. You know, they have to come from a space where it's love for yourself first, mm-hmm. for your feelings, for the other person. It's like you are taking care of your feelings, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's not about like, that I'm trying to defend myself. Mm-hmm. It's not combative. But it's a little bit different. Right. You know, mm-hmm. it's different. Like I was thinking and talking with friends about like when you're standing, when you're standing up for yourself, a lot of people say, and then I create some boundaries. Mm-hmm. And for me, it's like, it's a different feeling. I feel when I have to, when I have the feeling that I need to stand up for myself, it's because most of the time I'm angry. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like it's a different place. And it's not necessarily a boundary. It's you know? a reaction more than, yeah. than being proactive. Boundaries are something you create. Mm. I just had a million thoughts cross across my head. I'm trying to think how I want to say this. Boundaries, I feel like, should come. You should know your boundaries when you know yourself. It's like built on values. This is how I teach it in my, in my boundaries course. You know your values. Your values then, um, your standards are based off of your values. And then your boundaries are put in place as, a, as the face of your standards. So it's a process that is built up and your boundaries are what they are. And normally when people are getting angry or reacting to someone violating a boundary, it's because they didn't the receiver didn't realize that that boundary even needed to be there. The feelings, the anger that comes up is, oh shit, I'm actually, I was not okay with that. So you listen to the anger, you feel that and you learn from it and you go, okay, uh, clearly a boundary needs to be there. And then you do it from love, as you're saying, with a clear head later. 
but the nothing productive comes from trying to have angry conversations. I'm with you on that one. Yeah. And also like another piece for me is like, you shouldn't do the other, you shouldn't do to the other person how to behave. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I, and I think that is a very interesting, you know, like, uh, also very fine line, mm-hmm. you know, I'm going to put the boundaries and then you need to do what mm-hmm. I want. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Many, many people try to use boundaries as a way to control the world around them. And that's not what it is. Boundaries are about you. Boundaries are never about the other person. Yeah. And I was like, no, this is not going to work. (laughs) And that's what, going back to what you were saying, how you learn boundaries as a kid, technically being told, no, this is my house. It is a boundary. It would be your parents' boundary, right? That's their boundary of how things are in their house. Like we all get to kind of set ground rules for how people behave in our house. But if they're coming from a place of, I'm going to control you as my child, because these are, this is my house. That's not necessarily teaching healthy boundaries. That's teaching you need to like give in and do what I want just because this is my territory and these are my rules. And that's not necessarily what, that's not healthy boundaries. That's not productive. (laughs) No, no at all. I mean, I was thinking like why my mom should have done is like, you know, if you behave in this way, I'm going outside and when you are ready to talk, we will talk again. Mm -hmm. That is a healthy boundary. Mm -hmm. You know, but also this is also an, an, it's not a new concept, but it's a new idea of, you know, like talking about your feelings and also like take care of your feelings. Mm-hmm. Taking so care then, of your feelings, taking care of your mental taking health. Care of your, mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think the older generation didn't have the uh, tools. Mm-hmm you know, words or ideas for, you know, working around this. That's the beauty of progression, right? As we we learn from the gen, we break generational curses that way from learning from the previous generation. It's, that's why we study history is to look back and see what worked, what didn't work. And so we can make decisions to build, uh, you know, uh, help move the future in a forward direction. So with growing up in that environment where it was like hard, yes, hard, no, black and white, how do you think that contributed to you growing up? Like, do you feel like you grew up more people pleasing or timid because of the, that foundational conditioning around the idea of boundaries? I feel I grew up with a lot of anger Mm. inside. Mm-hmm. And I was very um, brutally honest. Mm-hmm. And that wasn't a good place either. There's because a fine I, line with that, right? <laughs> yeah, because it was like, it was about like, no, and I don't care. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it took me several years of my life to really understand that. I was really mad mm-hmm. and that wasn't a, a way of like I was able to say no uh, but no in that way mm-hmm. and when I moved here the everything went kind of like in reverse mm-hmm. I was always one to give and please other 
It's like a pendulum. You swung back in the other direction. Everything was a no. And to make up for it, you almost were like, oh, I'm sorry. I was so angry. Now I'm going to say yes to everything. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And so that would happen. And also, it was also connected to, um, I don't know, when you move to a different country, you feel a lot of, you feel guilt. You know, you feel guilty because you are not living the reality in your, you know, that your the rest of your family are living. Mm-hmm. A certain way you feel like you have to give them something back oh. to make their life better. That makes sense. And yeah, and it took me a long time to understand that I was a lot of things that I was doing mm-hmm. were coming about like trying to compensate that I wasn't there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It makes sense that you'd feel that way. So, and then that it was like this person who went with completely to the other extreme. <laughs> uh-huh. And how did that show up in your personal, like trying to build your life here in the US? How did that, I guess, impact you? You were trying to give so much to your family that was still in Chile, correct? And you were trying to build a productive, healthy life here with boundaries and relationships and friends and like, how did that, that sounds hard to balance. Like you can't, yeah. you were giving to your family or you were probably giving a little bit too much here too, right? Yeah, there was a lot of the giving also was about like, I think was about like, uh, it's so interesting. That was about like, I'm a good person, you know? It was a lot about like my idea how other were perceiving me, mm-hmm. you know, I was, it was a very constant going into giving um, until I understood that like, you know, there's no boundaries here, you know, like I'm, yeah. I'm like, I'm in a, I was creating several relationships that they were just unfair for, for myself. Mm-hmm. So I went to a whole process to understand like and decide like whatever I'm giving, it has to be from a place that it makes me happy mm-hmm. and not a place that it makes me that I have to do it. Mm-hmm. Doing so, it because you love yourself, not doing it because you want to create an image of yourself in someone else's mind, basically. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So when I did that, when I realized that. So uh, I was able to, you know, keep some of the relationships, mm-hmm. not all of them. I was going to ask uh, how, how you noticed the world like respond to you when you started doing that. I, yeah, it didn't respond well. <laughs> so I kind of like keep some of the relationships and it was okay. Mm-hmm. And that was coming from a very honest place for me. And I was honest with them as well, which is like, you know, I don't want this kind of relationship. And it was my responsibility. Mm-hmm. I took all the part. I mean, it was my responsibility. Mm-hmm. And I say, well, this is a relationship that I would like to have. And if you're willing to have the relationship with me, will be super amazing. And if you 
don't want to have the relationship, it's okay as well. Mm-hmm. And that's so, yeah. Huge. That's massive to be able to take on the response. First of all, taking accountability and responsibility for your side of the relationships. If you are someone who doesn't have boundaries, that's on you. You can't really fault other people for taking what you're offering. If they don't know that that's not what you want to be giving, you can't fault other people for, for human nature, which is to pick up what someone has put down in front of you. That's human nature. So to take accountability and responsibility for that must've been so hard and challenging to just swallow your pride, admit your areas of opportunity for growth, and then to face the discomfort of those conversations like wow how strong are you <laughs> it's yeah it's been a quite an <laughs> ride and an adventure and but you know I feel I feel like I'm lying with myself with my feelings with the place where I can say no or I can say yes but I'm going with with all my heart either way Mm-hmm. You know, when I say no, I'm clear why. And I don't even need to say, oh, I'm saying no because Mm-mm. and excusing myself. No. no. And when I say yes, I'm 100% there. Mm-hmm. And that's the difference between you have to energetically back your boundaries is how I say it. You have to fully buy in. You have to know why you're saying yes, know why you're saying no. And a, a lot of people run into... Um, I've had clients and students tell us like say to me, but I'm setting a boundary. Why isn't it being respected? Like, why, why is it not being respected? And I'm like, well, do you even know what boundary you're setting or why? And they're like, I mean, I did it because I thought that I should. And I'm like, there's your, that's like trying to put mesh over a wall of water coming towards you. It's not actually going to stop the water because there are holes in the mesh. It's going to come through. And that's really what happens. But it sounds like you're, you're very secure and grounded in who you are, your sense of self-worth, why you're saying yes, why you're saying no. And it's really, you're validating the world's response to you, which is huge. It's massive guys listening. This conversation is so important. This is literally everything I teach in the boundaries course. Like this is how you do it. This is how you go from being a people pleaser who struggles with boundaries to being someone whose yes and no gets respected without question. This is it. This is the whole conversation. We can like stop the podcast here because this is all of this. <laughs> she's nailed it, y'all. Ladies and gentlemen, she's got it nailed. <laughs> oh, that's okay. So how does all of all of these lessons you've learned for yourself, how does this transfer over to the work that you do with your clients? Where do you start them on their journey? So, well, it depends on, uh, it depends on each client. Uh, and it's very interesting because I have very young adult clients and older ones. Mm-hmm. So it's very the age is very broad and it's interesting to work with them because I also can see myself as a 20 something years old or I can envision myself in like six in my 60s or something which is mm-hmm. it's very interesting mm-hmm. when also I'm talking about boundaries with them mm-hmm. and 
because of the generational you know, difference, like we were talking about earlier in the conversation. Yes. And I feel like, for example, like with the um, young adult, it's two things here. One is like, I also have feel that I have to understand my boundaries with them. Mm-hmm. Because something that I am very aware and I'm very, um, very aware of, like, I don't, I want the young generation can discover their own thing. Mm-hmm. So my, when I work with them, it's about supporting them in their way, where they are at their age. Mm-hmm. No, no at my, my experience. I don't know if I can explain well. Yeah, it's, it's like, like not projecting your experiences onto them. No, and mm-hmm. neither trying to kind of like spill the bean mm-hmm. with them, which is like, oh, you know, when you turn 30, this is what yeah. you're going to, you know? <laughs> no, for me, it's very like, I, I, I was very clear on that. Like every person needs to experience their own good and bad, mm-hmm. you know, and there is a boundaries for me. Mm-hmm. And I hope for every coach who works with young adults, it's very important, allow them to navigate or on their own. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, give them tools to discover their own way of seeing life. Mm-hmm. Give them formulas, don't give them answers. Exactly. And if their answer, you know, sometimes they say like, I don't know, they, their answer can be completely wrong. And I like, just contemplate, just listen, mm-hmm. you know, and give them, I don't know, two words for them to think more. Mm-hmm. And I feel like, I don't know, I feel like that's a, adult, I need to put my own boundaries there because I want to save everyone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I don't Story want you of to all of our lives. Up. That's why we're here. We want to save everyone. <laughs> exactly. Mm-hmm. And so, and there is a huge boundary as an adult, like, no, everyone should live their own life and find people around that they can support you. But mm-hmm. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. So you have that boundary of like staying out of the box, validating their human experience, giving them space and just kind of coaching, not even necessarily mentoring, but just coaching them through their coaching. Yes. Coaching, not mentoring. So that's how you approach working with the younger generation. How do you approach working with the older generation? Um, Most of the time it's like, I have a lot of fears conversation with them. I think about people more in my age, they really, I feel like I'm the person who is going to say, okay, but let's, let's talk about again and let's find the truth behind mm-hmm. whatever you are telling me. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, that is one of my big approaches. It's like, and my clients like, thank you very much for being like that. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You know, I, uh, I'm a coach. I'm not a therapist. I'm not a mentor. So mm-hmm. I'm very clear that I'm not here for, you know, 
discovering your past or, you know, like your traumas, that is not part of my job. Mm -hmm. You know, my job is like to see, to be clear and to have very honest conversations Mm -hmm. about what people want in their life and how to help them to enjoy their life. Mm -hmm. When you're honest, you can really enjoy your life. Yep. Amen to that. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, and sometimes to be honest, it's, it's not the most fun part. Nope. Nope. You know, not at all. Being brutally honest with yourself and being brutally honest with the world around you about the things you genuinely do and do not like and genuinely do and really don't want. It's, it's tough. Those are hard conversations, hard boundaries to set, but boy, is it worth it. And at the end of the day, yes, it does lead to more fulfillment leads to opening up the doors for you to actually discover and move forward with your purpose. And it does yeah. lead to more fun. Absolutely. You're right. Yeah. And also I feel like the moment that you're honest with yourself, the people around you and surround you, you it's for me, it's, this is magic. You start connecting with other people. Mm-hmm. When you're really yourself, isn't it funny how, when you start actually being really yourself grounded in your own sense of self-worth and identity, you start genuinely connecting with other people. It almost removes it removes question marks from your life. Yeah. And, and, and you're going to see that other people are in the same, are looking for similar thing or are they, they're trying to get more mm-hmm. of themselves of, you know, they're trying to grow in a way that they feel like they are in the right place mm-hmm. for a reason. Mm-hmm. I love that. I, I mean, I've seen, that many times with myself, with, friends, with clients. You're radiating I, with it that you I, love it so much. But it's amazing. <laughs> we are here for a reason. Uh-huh. And when you're, I mean, when you are connected with that, you're honoring the reason. You know, it's like just, and people just show up in your life. Mm-hmm. Because when you're honoring your actual reason for being here, that like who can stand against you because that's having the whole universe your purpose is so much bigger not getting too woo woo with the conversation but your purpose really is so much bigger than who you are all of a sudden you're not alone you don't feel alone even if there are not other people or pets or anything even if you physically are alone you no longer feel alone because you're connected to something bigger than yourself and when the whole universe is backing you, yes, people just show up. Yes, things just show up. Yes, the conversations happen. The money happens. The opportunities open up. Things align. That's what alignment is, is being, it's like the higher power up here and then you, and then everything else just kind of happens for you. And it's just yeah. beautiful. It's beautiful to see. Yeah. And also like, I feel like there's a moment in life when you, stop like getting worried about what people said about you Mm -hmm. and you don't even care (laughs) really no you really don't don't. even you know it's like and I feel like for me that it's kind of like about boundaries that is one of the first step when you when you stop being worried about other voices you know, mm-hmm. if people have an opinion about you, 
So what can you do? And that's their, they're entitled to that. Absolutely. They're entitled to it. You go, okay, you don't like me or you like me either way. It's okay because that's you and your opinion. And that's, that's fine. And giving yourself permission to release control, release the need to control others' opinions of you. The capacity that opens up for you to be able to like give to yourself and enjoy your life. It just opens up so much space energetically for you when you release that need to control others' perception of you. Yeah. And also that is also part of your boundary. Mm -hmm. So for me, it's like the moment that I, you know, like, it's like, if that were a boundary for myself, I would say like, okay, if I think about like whatever person is thinking about me, I'm going to do something else, mm-hmm. you know? And that is my personal boundary. Yes. Right, right there. You know, it's like, I feel like, yeah. The moment that something crossed my mind thinking about like, oh, this person maybe is going to think that I did this. I'm like, yeah, mm-hmm. this is not a good place. Mm-hmm. It's not healthy. It's adding anything to my life. So no. Mm-hmm. So, and then I'm usually what I do and say, and then I'm going to write all my, write down all my thoughts and I'm going to leave them in my notebook and that. Mm-hmm. Love that. And that is one of, I love notebook. I have so many. <laughs> I even, <laughs> I even, I made my own. Oh, I love that. Like, I love that. Yeah. Is that on Amazon? Can people get that on Amazon? It is. Okay. Yeah, it is on Amazon. I need the link made, to that too, so I can put that down below with the. I Amazon. made my own because I feel like, you know what? I use them a lot. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. What's the number one thing that people, your clients or potential clients, come to you for? What's their number one challenge as an immigrant? As an immigrant, I think it's like, well, interesting. Um, it's different, but it's more about like the multicultural thing. So like when they live in, I don't know, when they work, for example, like in a place where they don't find the same connections, they, mm-hmm. they, are, they are missing their, you know, like here's their house, their, you know, their culture. Mm-hmm. And uh, sometimes they don't feel like the, or they have so many jobs or many things to do and they don't have time for themselves. Mm-hmm. Or like they are in a setting that sometimes they don't find, they don't find themselves in that place. Mm-hmm. You know, they are, sometimes they are there just for their career, but they are not happy, you know? So and so they're not happy, thing, basically. My main thing is to help them to enjoy where they are. Yeah. So I can imagine craving connection, being in an environment that doesn't feel like home. They're homesick, yeah. maybe missing family, maybe dealing with some of the guilt you were talking about earlier that you've personally experienced. But they kind of come to you saying, I'm not happy. And I and you help them uncover why and then solve that. Is yeah. That- and sometimes it's like, you don't need to change your job to mm-hmm. try to be happy. You need to be happy. 
<laughs> you choose happy as a choice. Happy is a choice. You know, like people is a choice. Job hop. They job hop or they country hop or they relationship hop or they, you know, change their hair a million times because they're looking for something that's going to give them that fulfillment and that happiness. I love that you open them up to the idea that it starts in here just with them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Another, you know, I'm going to a different startup. I'm like, why? Why? <laughs> <laughs> because I want to be happy. That's not the answer. <laughs> we are going to start all over again. <laughs> oh my goodness. I have loved this conversation so, so much, Tanya. Thank you so much for being here. If any of my listeners resonate with you, relate to you, feel like they want to connect with you, where online are you hanging out most? How can they get a hold of you? How can they connect with you? So, well, uh, my website is righthandwoman.org because the funny thing here is is the the concept of being like an Espanol mano derecha, it was right-hand men. And I was like, really? I was very confused. I was like, why is right-hand men? And so I thought like, okay, and then I'm going to be a right-hand woman because this is what I do. (laughs) I love that so much. That just made me so happy. Okay, so, you know, so I woman.org or com org dot org. Mm-hmm. And um there is online my website and also I'm in Instagram and Facebook and LinkedIn. But most of the uh, things that I'm doing right now is on Instagram, which is I'm I'm having fun and posting things. But if you want to have a 30 minutes free conversation with me, you can go to my website. Beautiful, beautiful. So, yeah. I am, uh, I'm an Instagram junkie. It's my favorite platform. It's where I hang out the most. Um, it's just so much fun to play with. So I feel like it gives people an opportunity to really follow along with the fun, the fun side of things. And we need more fun and fun in this life, you know? Yeah, for sure. Okay. So as I close out the question, the big one, the one I ask all of my guests, if you, what is on your heart today to say to the humans, if you could give one piece of advice, one lesson, one word of wisdom, what would it be? It will be that find your happiness and be content. And you can find that in very small little things during your day. Mm-hmm. It doesn't need to be big. Happiness is not something that you cannot touch. Happiness, I mean, and being content can be a basic stuff, a fruit that you are eating. This conversation, it made me really, really happy. Yay! So that is look for that, look for the moment and, and be aware of the moment and just enjoy that. I love that so much. Thank you so much for sharing that. And thank you so much for being on the podcast today. I loved having you. Thank you very much. Oh, thank you. Thank you very much for this invitation. Absolutely. And to all my listeners, thank you so much for joining us on another episode and I will see you next week. Bye.